Hello, didn't see you there. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And this is the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. And comedy spectacular (laughs) starring Chris Murray. Oh, we got dogs on unicycles. And we've got the Smothers Brothers doing yo-yo tricks. And we've got birds playing poker. And we've got jokes for 90s kids. (laughs) Oh my... What? I don't even know what that even would consist of, to be perfectly honest um, with you. Every episode that we've done where we talk about family matters and perfect strangers. Touche. <laughs> that, that, that about does the yeah. trick, which actually kind of made me laugh because um, Mike Levy actually made a post uh, today about something corny about making a day where you do nothing but quote um, full house yeah. as your entire shtick. And I'm trying to think of if there's a show that I'm familiar enough with that I could actually quote as my entire day's worth of dialogue, but I don't think there's one out there that Simpsons might be the best. Yeah, bet. probably that one. I think we probably do it without even realizing it. Honestly, <laughs> most likely. Okay, so this is a video game music podcast. We talk about music composed for video games. And then sometimes the video games that compose the mu wait, do they do that? Yeah, and they don't do that. We have the bonus of the video games not talking back. That is true, because they know it's good for... Nah, I don't. I'm not going to go there. Music speaks volumes. Anyway, but... <laughs> so, what have you been up to lately? Oh, jeez. Um, um, work. Actually, I, I've been wanting to start playing Undertale. Haven't had the time. I saw you to make the purchase and just hammer down on it. Um, I did play one game recently that I did a... I actually got to talk to the guys who made it yesterday, but... This is a case where it was worth it, so it's worth bringing up on the show. It was called West of Loathing. Yeah. It's on Steam. Yeah. It's stick figures. A stick figure Western role-playing game, and it sounds so dumb, but it's anything but that. <laughs> it's hilarious. and I, You recommend it? I wholeheartedly recommend All it. All right. Seriously do. I would have paid money for it if I'd known it was that good. Well, maybe I'll pay money for it. You should. And so should our special guest, right? Oh, yes. So uh, today's episode, we have on a recurring guest, a Rhythm and Pixels all-star, number 47, Matt Waldron. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Hey, hey, settle down. Settle down, Matt. Settle down. Sit down. All right. Well, uh, I'm not going to talk about Carl Winslow. In fact, we're not going to keep. We're not going to not going to talk about Carl at all. In fact, we're going to keep him out of this. In fact, although if you do want to talk about obscure uh, Twin Peaks references, I am all over that at this point because Jen and I are completely obsessed. It's coming <laughs> with the up on the conclusion, right? Pernell needs to get caught up. I genuinely, I seriously do, honestly, because. I know it's going to be one of the things where if I sit, I'm going to sit down and watch that one episode at home, and I'm going to just steamroll it. It's going to yeah. happen. But instead, I picked up freaking One Piece of all bloody things. I don't know what I was thinking. One that Piece on, that never ends. Yeah, that goes on forever, one right? One Piece only has three episodes left. <laughs> that might be more feasible. <laughs> it's like Naruto, right? Just no, Naruto ended. <laughs> and then, of course, then they did make a super spinoff where it's like, now it's his children. What? And it's children's children. What about like, Ronan Kenshin had like 800 episodes too, right? Yeah, but it did end. <laughs> one Piece is looking to go on yeah. for another 10 years. It ended because we're old and we've watched it end. <laughs> this is true. But I think the thing about it is like One Piece is still popular overseas. It's surprisingly still entertaining to watch. They're making a live action version now, aren't they? 
How is that even going to work? Are they going to get like a bunch of like toilet paper they're, rolls and tape them together to make um, Luffy's arm? No, they're spending a lot of money on it. Was what I read. I, I read they're spending like multiple hundreds of millions of dollars to make a live action CGI One Piece. I don't even know why they'd want to do this. It's just they take these properties that are so fit for animation and go. You know what this needs? <laughs> live acting because clearly. We need to put live action realism back into the animated fantasy world and make that bad boy people sing. People with stretchy arms and and <laughs> ice people and, uh, and yogurt clowns people that, that come apart <laughs> <laughs> and all those weird like Sam. you know verbal cues that they all have for each other. Like, all right, well let's let's talk about yeah. the topic. Chris this, Murray? Chris, <laughs> no, not that one. But that's going to be next week. Oh, okay. But this week we're talking. Well, actually, we've had this we've had this topic on the books. All summer long, because we needed like a summer theme topic and desert desert music. Because there's a lot of desert, you know, stages and levels in classic video games. And not just that, but we got to get our our annual my god, it's hot topic out there. Yes, and this sure. time the AC is working. This is true. We beat <laughs> we beat the buck the trend. Yeah, we were gonna do this a couple weeks ago, and then I had to leave. Um, I, I had to go out of town for work for like a whole week, and it just it just kept falling behind. Then we had some awesome guests. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then you've you've had amazing guests on, you know, time after time. You've been knocking it out of the park with these these amazing guests. We haven't had Celine Dion on the show yet. Yes, I know her. Yet. The music she composed for um, Zevius is insane. <laughs> so obscure, too. I mean, I who would have thought it was hidden? <laughs> oh, who, I, I'm, I'm kidding, guys. The music for Zevius was inspired by Celine Dion. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> With that kind of saying. But really, all music kind of is, isn't it? Um, it well, every, all music In is inspired by Street Fighter. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Including Celine Dion. <laughs> um, so... We asked for Matt to bring some of his favorite desert, dry, sandy-themed tracks for the show. We're going to listen to them, and we will comment on them. Matt, what is your first song? My first song is a track that I have wanted to get on to the, the podcast ever since you came up with the podcast, and this is the perfect time. All right. um, this is possibly the driest that you can get. <laughs> Uh, this is like Dune that. variation from Dune for DOS. Oh, uh, also probably for uh, the Mega CD, Sega CD. Um, but this is the version that plays through the AdLib Gold uh, card in your DOS machine wow. in your in your four eighty six. That so, that takes me back. Like that puts me right back into a place in time, like junior high getting into high school and that that 486 the pentium yep. 486 man, man I came in. so we're going for that sound right, so this, this is the dune d- variation um by someone french and i'm gonna look him up while we're playing it oh it's all right it's uh composed by stefan peak and felipe ulrich that so sounds close right close to stefan urkel right whatever <laughs> Thank you. 
You're listening to the Dune variation from the game Dune for the PC, composed by Stefan Peek and Philippe Ulrich. Um, so why, why did you choose this one for us? Aside from it being actually the driest song. <laughs> actually, for being Definitely. so dry, this the song sounds super like, it sounds like rain. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it, some of the percussion almost sounds like like bubbles or like, you know, like drips in water. And, uh, and so it's it's kind of like a desert and water kind of thing at the same time, which kind of goes along with the, the theme of the, the book and the the, the game. I, I chose this because the, this was one of my favorite games at the time on, on the PC. And at the time, I didn't have a PC at all, but I got like discs of it that I would take around to other people's houses <laughs> <laughs> and try and install it on there and like have to go through like the auto exec and you oh, know like wow. all the stuff to like make sure there's enough memory so that it would run on other people's PCs because I was obsessed with it. Um, and it's uh it's it's made by a French company, a French developer called Cryo uh, Interactive, and they um they got the rights. Uh, yeah, they they were commissioned by Virgin Interactive to make a Dune game uh, in 1990, and they started like you know they put together a whole bunch of you know like documents and stuff saying here's a game we want to make, um, and it was the, it, they were all fans of the book, fans of the movie, and they handed it over to the American Virgin Interactive, and Virgin Interactive said eh, it's kind of too French, and it's kind of <laughs> weird because it's kind of an rts but it's also kind of an adventure click point and click adventure game at the same time yeah. uh, i don't think it's going to work so they canceled it but the european branch kind of said eh, we'll still we'll still give you some money for it. just keep working on it so they worked on it for like a year in secret while virgin interactive g- gave the license to westwood to make a dune game which later became Dune Two, whichever which most people know. That's that's the yeah. the mother of all RTSs that you know. Yeah, it's what later led to. It's what coined the phrase uh, "real time strategy." Is they used yeah. that terminology in their advertisements. Wait, seriously? Exactly. <coughs> I'm sorry. Oh, he's so dry. Give this man, sorry this about man that. some water. Sorry about that. <laughs> Pernell, Pernell has to step out of his still suit for a minute. So, right. so, thanks for that, Matt. Um, yeah. So, so you're saying that. RTS came from Dune? Yes. Well, yeah, well, from Dune. Yeah, I mean, mostly were, from Dune Mostly too. from, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there was other games like that, but, like, it was this advertising that said real-time strategy that kind of... Because there was, like, there was games out there. I'm not sure if, like, if Civ... Did Civilization come before it? Yeah, I think it did. Because, like, that um, was, there like, was, like, a uh, Genesis game um, that was kind of had some of, like, the... The tropes that would go into RTSs, but it wasn't everything. Not yeah. everything was there. Actually, I played a track from um, Airsog Spy. Yep, that that's was a lot it. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You choose like your plane Excellent. to move around. Um, yeah, it was pretty. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that was like that. This one, like they, you know, they worked on it for a year in secret, and then Sega bought the European branch of Virgin Interactive, and said, "Oh wait, what's this? This other Dune game that you guys have been working on?" And they're like, "Um, uh." here look at what we've done and they they showed like all the work they did and they're like oh actually this is really great okay you get to be dune and westwoods you yours gets to be dune too and we're going to release both pretty cool so it ended up working out like they almost it almost got canceled and they like it got uncanceled so it's like it's this weird it's kind of an rts because that's kind of how the story goes you have to like you know 
take care of all these troops and and mine the spice and all that stuff but then you're also going through the story of the book and it uses the the you know the visuals of the movie and so it's like everything uh, everything great about dune in one package on VGA graphics and <laughs> That's, old old DOS music it's so good your um your your, your story of like editing the auto exec bat so that when you start the computer, it has enough memory, and that's right. taking discs to your friend's house, like that's that's amazing. You, that that was like my childhood. You were the yep. real deal on this topic. Yeah. My, my, I would just bring discs to class and just hope that the install would work. Yeah, and then have to have some rando constantly remind me to click on the MS DOS EXE file and just let everything run like it's supposed to. I was so terrible with computers for so long. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm not going to apologize for not liking real-time strategy games. I think we've talked about that yeah. before. And uh, Orvi, a friend of the show, got to deal with it. <laughs> Chris Murray <laughs> might feel differently, though. Oh. Who knows? I'm not sure what his deal Dude, is with that. Dude, chill out. That guy has got a temper. Does he? That's what I hear. Oh, shoot. Chris, <laughs> on his good side by choosing a bang-tastic track for my next go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pick, pick a track to make sure that, that he doesn't come after us. All right doesn't come after the show <laughs> well let's see what i can do here my first track for the show fits the desert theme i think to the letter it's titled scorching brawl and it's from one of my old favorites well not necessarily old but you get the point tales of grace is f which i think stands for like frunk or frunch or sober and um <laughs> it's composed by motui sakuraba because that's my boy yeah he's a he's an all-star of the show i think
So welcome back. You just listened to what I hope you'll like. I hope Chris Murray likes this anyway. We'll see. I'm sure he'll let us know. He'll but us know. this track is called Scorching Brawl from the game Tales of Graces F, or actually Forte. Forte. I'm not sure why they called it that, but hey, they do what they do. And it's composed by Motoi Sakuraba, my man. And if you're interested in more Motoi Sakuraba, go to our past Composer Focus episode for now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got like two hours of sleep last night. I thought I saw a wolf in the road. <laughs> I don't know what I read about that. That sounded crazy. Like, my brain is just scattered right now. But uh, what I do know, scattered or not scattered, is that this track is superb. And yeah, this is really good. It's interesting because the game is like 50 hours long, or if not a lot more. And there are only two battle tracks for the most, or well, maybe like three or so, a couple different battle tracks. But the point is, this is the only battle track that's related to an environment that isn't like, say, the final dungeon, which is kind of odd for this game. But I'm glad they did it because I am in love with this tune. And that makes me always appreciate and enjoy going to the desert to get the tar kicked out of me and just, quite frankly, have a ball. And the gameplay itself is very frantic and fast-paced, which goes well with the pacing of this track as well. Because I think while we were playing it, both Matt and Ra were over here trying to figure out what the rhythm was. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, we, th- we think we counted seven seven beats. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go. Like- we're going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Stay there. It's not quite a fast si- seven. Yeah, it's not quite Sagat's theme, but <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot. But it's got that um that organ, man. That Matoy Sakuraba organ. I think he uses a lot on the Tales games. Guys, so he is so good. But I'm hoping that this definitely hits. I think what I was going for tracks for this episode. There's a lot of desert ish tunes out there, like tracks that play the desert. But I was going for this. Sounds like you're in a desert. Like this is what I would think of when I think about desert. Ta- but when I think about desert jams, so. Hopefully I hit the mark on this. I'm not sure if I'm as dry as Doom, though. No, I think that's going to win for the for the driest. <laughs> like, we're, like, competing for the driest track. Right. Well, yeah. All right, well, my first track. How dry is it? <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty dry. This is a, um, a Sega arcade game ported to the Genesis, um, but I'm going to play the arcade version. It's called Burning Force. Have you heard of this one? I feel like I have. I want to say it's a space shooter, side scrolling. No, it's That's actually familiar. it's um it's it's from behind, almost like Space Harrier or 3D World Runner. Oh, um, you're chasing behind, and this one's called Saranuka Sands, and it takes place over like a desert planet. Sweet. And this is composed by Yoshinori Kabamoto for the Sega Arcade System.
Welcome back. Man, this track. This track is Saranuka Sands from the game Burning Forest for the arcade. For the Sega arcade, composed by Yoshinori Kawamoto. I love that sweeping FM synth. And the, um, actually what really like pulls this track together for me is this this like pad kind of like ooh sound in the background. It's like goes ooh. You hear it? Ooh. It's got a little oh, bit so of soul cool. in there. Yeah, it's got some soul to it. it. Actually, it sounds like a shooter, like a space shooter like track. Well, it definitely, I went and looked it up during the during the break, and it definitely comes across as very space hairish, but with a but with an actual ship instead of being a man with a back with a pack. So, <laughs> I kind of want to try this now with music sounding like this and as frantic as it looked when the in the footage I looked at. It's do want, and Matt had apparently looked up something on it too because apparently we were all <laughs> yeah. equally curious about this odd choices, which ended up being really good. Yeah, do you want me to read off? Oh uh, yeah, you have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm usually opposed to like just reading Wikipedia pages on the show, but yeah. this is too good. This is it's too so good. it's so crazy. In Burning Force, the player controls a 21 year old space cadet named Hiromi Tending Tengenji. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> if I could say it right. Who, as part of her final training, must battle high-tech enemies through six worlds of four areas on a futuristic airbike named Sine Duck. So we Sine keep, Duck. We want to keep hearing Side Duck, but unfortunately, that coincidence no, it's does like not come I to saw pass. the sign, and it opened up my eyes. Yeah. And now I'm dead. Yeah. Push start to continue. <laughs> I, all I did was watch through some gameplay of this, and it just looked like it looked like one of those games that would just give me a headache. <laughs> It just makes me feel bad about the fact that this is apparently the character's training. This isn't even an actual mission. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, well, do you know how much we hate our cadets? This is like, to me, <laughs> this is a place in the 90s where, like, people imagined virtual reality in the future. Like, being, like, a oh, so world that you could enter and you can, like... Die, like lawnmower man. You die in the game. You die in real life. I thought yeah. you were going to say she was sitting on the couch eating Cheetos, but... She had a helmet on, and she was, like, piloting this virtual ship. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think my, Do you remember um, uh, Matt? I know Matt might remember this. Uh, the artist Ken Ishii. And he had a, a music video um, for his track called Jelly Tones. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And it was um, anime style. I forget which um, anime director did it, but it's all that this guy has got, like, this uh, virtual reality helmet on his head, and he's sitting on the toilet, and he's, like, flying through space. Yes. It's super cool. Yeah, he's so great. Like, yeah. You know... I, I think that wow I don't I never realized that that music video legitimately set the tone for how I feel about virtual reality today <laughs> sitting on the sitting no, on the toilet we're getting there like yeah like oh it just kills me you blocking yourself off from the entire world to play a game or watch a movie or, or whatever and then if you're gonna be there for a long time and you can't see anything around you and you like like how are you supposed to eat? Like you can't like eat Cheetos and play a game like you would normally, right? Surely would you'll be eating virtual Cheetos in the virtual world, but you're reaching down into your actual bag to get your virtual <laughs> real Cheeto and you put it in your virtual real mouth and you taste one thing but you're actually eating another. You know, I don't think that tagline works so well. Cheetos in the, <laughs> you eat Cheetos in the game, you eat Cheetos in real life. <laughs> oh no, you gotta add all, all about who you market it to, you honestly. Still eating Cheetos over there? No, I haven't. I actually didn't open them this time. Oh, okay, They're right. still sitting there. Wow, just uh, open, we <laughs> open the curtain to our audience. Um, uh, Matt, what's your uh, second track for us? My second track, um, I, th- I 
you guys have not played anything from Breath of the Wild yet, am I right? Surprisingly not, no. Well, there's no music in Breath of the Wild, so there you oh, go. The, I mean, oh, I heard, I heard it's like... On. There is plenty of music. It, it's it's just minimalist yeah. a lot I of the don't. time. I just, I like the kid. Uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah. the, it's about the notes that aren't being played. <laughs> oh, oh, dear lord. <laughs> I could have done this at home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, this one is the uh, Mulduga battle. Hmm from Legend of Zelda The Breath of the Wild.
that definite in. Yes, that was the Mulduga battle from the game Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for the Wii U and the Nintendo Switch, composed by Manaka, Kaka- Manaka Katoaka, Yasuaki Iwata, and Hajime Wakai. Breath of the Wild referring to Link's breath when he comes out of his cryostasis. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's probably it's likely pretty wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, get up in his face. So really, like active, active song. Definitely, it's it's kind of like a mini boss out out on the map. If you if you go into the right place in the desert, it's a it's a giant monster that, much like in Dune, it's a giant kind of worm thing that that goes around underneath the sand, and if you make too much noise, it'll come up under you and. I am sensing a theme from you. Mm-hmm. A lot of and curiosity. It's, uh, desert, desert songs. Do you yeah. think it was modeled in any way after the Mulder? Um, I wouldn't be surprised that if if it's um, that's the one that you have to blow up with bombs, right? You now you whack his tail on uh, the Zelda three. Right, He's right, the, right. The, the snake in the center of the tower, or that room with no borders, or whatever. Yeah, it's okay. the tower, Tower of Hera. But yeah, so. I'm it, is, it is kind of segmented like that, so I, I think it might be uh, similar. But you, you, it's also you have to blow it up with a bomb, you know, like make it eat a bomb. Oh, sweet! Like the like the the dongo. The dongo, yeah, yeah. From Zelda One, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. They carried over a crawl. They kept them going from in sequels too, but they originated in the one. Like okay, Roundtable. What's the first Zelda game you played for now? Oh, we know one. <laughs> it's the first game. The first one? Yeah, I know. Hey, I was on point. For me, it was um, uh, two. Adventure of Link. Adventure of Link okay. was the first all that I played. That had to make for an interesting experience. I, You're the guy coming back like, Psh, this is nothing like the first one. And I don't <laughs> think I've actually played through the first one. You're, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to get hung for this, but you're not missing much anymore. Like, Zelda 1 oh, was great. It looks for great. S- no, for its time, it was great. And I'm not going to lie. I probably could still see myself playing it. But given the plethora of Zelda titles out there and how absurdly cryptic the first Zelda game was in certain spots. Sure. I could see myself just saying, yeah, I'm just going to go to Link to the Past and Zelda 2 and then just never go back to Zelda 1. <laughs> just smile about it. I liked Link to the uh, uh, Link. So, oh, oh my God, Zelda Two, Link, The Adventure of Link, Adventure of Links to yeah. the Past. I liked Awakening. it too. Uh, it was a great game. It's just a lot of people seem to vilify it because apparently they expected more top-down uh, hijinks. Yeah, because it's different. Because it was so different. Yeah, and they were wrong because yeah. I want more like this. It's like the ease three of the Zelda world. It's like, hey, we it's all like the Mario Two of Zelda Twos. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Zevius of Celine Dion. Right. Well, there it is. <laughs> like, so is that more music than you expected for now? Yeah, because the game has no music. So well, I mean, the game might not have much music in the first 10, 15 minutes, but if you play more than that, hey, there hey, is more music. Hey, I played for like six hours. I just oh, didn't go okay. anywhere. <laughs> That's the problem. I see. I was well, like, hey, there's a whole quest line over here I could be embarking on. But hey, there's a giant mountain and it's raining. I'll go there instead. Uh-huh. Get get a little damp. Get my oh. moist on. That's all right. <laughs> so you now we're trying. Now we're. I guess this this whole episode we're slowly getting damper. Or we're. Oh no, we're still dry. We haven't found an oasis yet. We're drying out. There's been no oasis passing. <laughs> so we're human beef jerky. Pretty much get a little dry here. Wow, this is becoming a gross episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, that's what I came. That's how I came to play. Yeah. What you got for now? 
What 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 do you have to dry us out even further? All right, well, I'm gonna full in on this. Something I know Chris Murray's gonna want to listen to, and if he doesn't, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what is with you and Chris Murray. What do you have against Chris Murray? I'm nothing against him. I just want to prove something. <laughs> I want to prove to Chris Murray that I got the chops to make good music tick. <laughs> And that's what it's going to be. I might maybe like to start just doing it. It's like choosing a random person off of like our group or something. So look here, man. What's your take on my jams? Because I need I need your validation. You just like call somebody out. Oh, like, I just might. And that one person becomes like your nemesis for the whole episode. No, no, they're not my nemesis. <laughs> I just got they're like more like a rival. Like I got to okay. prove my worth to them. My my eclectic taste. Right. So he'll be your Ken to your you. Maybe. You're, maybe. Um, no, I'm the I'm the Ken. I got the fast car. I'm trying to think of the Balto's names. You're a wart. He's, the, he's, my, he's the rash to my pimple. Rash pimple. Oh, my God. They're such terrible. All right, we're, the show's getting grosser somehow. <laughs> oh, that's what it gets down. That's how we get down in the desert. But the track I've got <laughs> in the desert. In the desert. Is the Adashi Desert from the game Okage Shadow King. Because I love the music in this game. Hmm. But there's not a ton, so... Maybe this could become my new my new you know white horse in the series. I gotta get them all played. Anyway, this track is awesome. It's got a long list of composers, so I'll just read it after the track, please. Yes. Back, you are getting down in the Adashi Desert 
from the game Okage Shadow King. Composed by a number of individuals, Junichi Doi, Takamitsu Kajikawa, Yoshikazu Kawatani, Toda Kazuhide, and Toshiaki Murata. That's a gauntlet of names. <laughs> Not composed by Chris Murray, but I hope you liked it nonetheless. So, let's get down to business here. This track... It's awesome. Sounds desert-like. It, it brings a sensation of a sense of I need water or I'm going to die, right? <laughs> well, I think we, we were discussing uh, on the break before your, uh, your before your little freestyle was uh, um, that like a lot of the uh, the hand percussion. It's yeah, not, it's like very. It's got that dry kind of sound to it. Yeah. Maybe it's like it's like hand. And there's no sticks. There's no brushes. Hands. Hand clap. <laughs> I don't know. And I love the fact, like this is, I could say, as far as this game, as far as deserts and games go, I feel like the style of this game, accompanied by the music, does a very special, gives a very special feel to being in the desert of the game because the style of it is that it has a nice draw distance, but when it does draw, it kind of blurs it a little bit mm. to kind of emphasize the fact that you can't quite see it, but it's within view if you just run a little further up. But yeah. being in a desert, that blur yeah. effect kind of resembles heat lines. Oh, that's cool. I never so thought about that. Like, oh, God, it's so hot out here. <laughs> is, yeah. that a, is that an oasis? No, nah, it's just a weird puppet beast. It's <laughs> like hopping around with two noses. Uh, I like I like that. That that effect has almost like an un, maybe an unintended, but then becomes intentional effect for the player. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, it's, it's blurry, you know, because it's hot out. It's such a weird game because on one hand... I'm not going to sit here in front to make it sound like the best game in the world. The battle system is kind of slow. It's not fast-paced. It's not frantic or anything. But it's original. Actual, it's, it's very original. Yeah, the universe that yeah. you're in, all the character designs, very the cool. story even. Yeah. Very freaking original. And so few people have experienced it. I gave it a... It was one of those like Facebook posts not too long ago where he said, describe your favorite game as poorly as possible. I totally dropped this game story into a group and nobody got it. No one got it. Wow. Makes me just sad, sad. What it, system was it on? PlayStation Two. It was one okay. of the first games on the system, actually. You might, you would probably recognize it if you saw the cover. Probably. Saw some gameplay. Yeah, it's, uh, you are, you you befriend like a demon, right? A big, almost like a like a big purple triangle kind of shape. Yeah, he is a monster named Stan. He's because he's the self-professed <laughs> demon king who kind of yeah, possesses your king. shadow. Nice. And you get kicked out of your hometown. You're on an adventure. I can't even remember what the what your initial goal was. That's the amazing part. I think you're trying to kill like the seven demon kings so that Stan can claim his rightful place as the true demon king. I love Stan. Stan's a great name for a monster demon. Well, I think it was like a joke reference to Satan because the uh, original game's name was Me and Satan King. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. I remember. I remember seeing that it was going to come out in the States called like the Me and Satan King like in a magazine somewhere then it came out and it was called Shadow King and I was like oh why'd they call it that you you know why they called it that (laughs) same reason we got Hercule (laughs) but uh but it's actually really nice the story is really cool and the big twist in the game is one is another example of stories stylings that I don't think have ever been done in a game before like that actual plot has never been done and I like the fact that they went with it very uplifting. I feel like 
those types of games like draw you in, like very um, uh, stories that are told differently, like the Persona series and the Mega Ten series, where like it's in a modern setting instead of a fantasy setting. Oh yeah. So uh, or um, uh, Psychonauts is very different. You know, you're in people's minds. Yo, that's definitely my yeah. shtick. And this game, while it is fantasy based. It still does its little weird things to it. Like, for example, like I said, there's demon kings that you're taking down, but they're all weird. Like, there's the bully demon king, the corporate demon king, and the pop diva demon king. And it's just like, and they're all bizarre characters. And some of them can be friends. It's, God, it's good. I want to I play through it again, actually. I genuinely do. I wonder if you can, can you get this, like, ported to I have the game. Oh, you, already, you just set it up. Oh, yeah, I can just put it up. I just have to, you know, find time. Yeah. Time is a hot commodity. You know, that, that's why like having like one system set up to the TV, like you don't have to worry about it. Instead of twenty five. Instead of twenty five, <laughs> <laughs> makes things a lot easier. All right, so uh, my uh, next track is actually I, I'm not I don't in, I'm not intending to play this whole soundtrack, but the soundtrack is just so good. Rise Star. No, no, it's uh, this is Brain Lord again for the Super Nintendo, oh, nice. composed by Masano Akahori, and this is the Barren Desert for the game Brain Lord. Best part of doing the show is that Pernell doesn't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so all this stuff is getting put all there now. I don't even realize it. Right. Um, so you were listening to the Barren Desert from the game Brain Lord for the Super Nintendo, composed by Masanao Akahori. And this this is a much more subdued track than the other ones we've played tonight, um, or today, or this morning, whenever you're listening. Uh, so we've had a lot of upbeat, a lot of hand. 
<laughs> a lot of a lot of jazz hands. A lot of jazz hands. A lot of hand percussion. And this sound, this to me sounds more like a lullaby. You know, again, again, this could probably be an underwater track. I think. Did we find the oasis in the desert? Yeah, maybe that's what's going on here. This is the oasis. The dryness has dispersed, and the moisture, the moisture invaded. I hear palm trees. Oh. Mm. Aruba, baby. <laughs> For me, palm trees and um, Outrun always sit together in my mind. <laughs> and by that, you mean yep. crashing into those palm trees. Yes. <laughs> crashing into those. <laughs> Flipping around. Constantly. Um, uh, my, uh, I was away for work, and I was chatting with my boss, who's really into uh, games also. Mm-hmm. And he loves uh, um, uh, Forza? Forza Motorsport. Oh, Forza Motorsport. Yeah. Yeah, he's really into it. And it got me really interested in trying that out, like getting into that. But that's only make Microsoft, right? Yeah, but it is uh, games yep. with gold next month, so that's right. it'll be free. Forza 5. I, well, I'd have to get a whole new system to play it, though. Or you just, you know, visit your friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll have to do that. But uh, he sent out, he sent out like, um, like whole his whole like steering wheel set up in his house. He had like a, had, like a, like a shifter and a, and a clutch pedal. Just having a pedal system. Uh, it's very interesting to I me. I actually miss stuff like that's kind of one of the things I still enjoy about arcade trips when I can fit in the cabinet, which is never. But the point <laughs> is, the point is, I fantasize about being able to drive fantasy cars. Yeah, I love that. But I can't quite fit inside of any of them. Do you have a, a favorite racer, uh, Matt? Oh, and a favorite racing game? Yeah, as we talk about you know desert themed RPG tunes. What's your favorite racing game? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I was on. I think I was on the racing episode of of oh, the right, yeah. lovely show. But wow. um, episode you 10. know, I, most racers I'm I'm not into like Forza. Like I I played the demos for for Forza on on the Xbox, and I just can't get into them. Mm-hmm. I, I like arcade style racers or like cart style racers. F Zero is favorite. Daytona is like the is is the um the the closest I can get to oh, <laughs> an to actual like, like, like a car. sim. Yeah. I remember buying Gran Turismo two back uh, in the day. Yeah. Because of all the hype it was getting. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there <laughs> being overwhelmed by what brand of shocks do I need to put on my beater hoopty of a car yeah uh, <laughs> granted it was the uh takumi initial d ae86 is generally what you started out with uh <laughs> um, the toyota um uh, corolla trueno trueno yeah they were the corolla trueno whatever they called it in japan yeah um but yeah i remember getting that game just like you excited to play it, all the hype for it and then realizing that for the next eight hours i'm gonna have to drive very carefully in this tiny little toyota but hey at least you got garbage to serenade you on your drive yeah, not the greatest. Hey, you don't like I'm only happy when it rains. <laughs> Actually, no, I love that. That was garbage, right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, literal, the band garbage. garbage. Oh, okay, I was like, wow, you did not like this soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually had a pretty good soundtrack. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to pull this track down because I think I think it's long. We're, we're long overdue. We're long overdue. Chris Murray thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep him happy. It's time for the bonus round. Bonus round. Bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on our theme for the day. Matt, what did you bring for us? I know you, you have like this, you have a theme, a personal theme, a very long and evolving, uh, uh, epic almost tunes, right? Sweeping. Uh, I do, and then I'm going to throw that away <laughs> for my uh, bonus round track. Um, and actually, this is not even a remix or a cover. This is a track from... Um, 
an indie game called Tiny and Big in Grandpa's Leftovers. Um, <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> which I got as like one of the first humble indie bundle, you know, uh, game uh, collections that they did. Um, but it takes place in a desert, and uh, the soundtrack is all like indie bands from I don't know, I don't even know where, but um, it's it's all like live bands and stuff, and they're all just like crunchy, awesome sounding bands. So this is um, Lusitania by the Cro-Magnon Band.
Lusitania from the Cro-Magnon band from the game Tiny and Big Grandpa's Leftovers. This is for the PC and Steam? Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. A, yeah. Well, that, PC that, game. that had like a serious 70s strut to it. That the flute, Absolutely. The flute was amazing. That was a standout on that track. Yeah, the flute and the organ and and the the, the saxophones and and like you said, the the bass. Yeah, it all oh, comes bass. together in into that just like into this this messy mix. It's just so good. Um, the yeah, as the track I was playing, I turned around. I have my record collection to my left, and I was like, "Oh, this sounds like one of these. This sounds like one of these." And um, yeah, it's just I, I yeah, it's it's just like everything I like about like seventies like funk and jazz where it's like almost got that dirty gritty sound to it with a yep. really slow pace and it just builds and builds and builds and builds and you don't get that kind of flute anymore you know <laughs> no yeah yeah it's like they like they put like some kind of filter or distortion on the on the flute or maybe just a, a crappy microphone i don't know <laughs> well that that um that electric piano at the beginning was definitely distorted but that was a it sounded like a choice you know like they really wanted yes. that, that kind of live kind of they wanted that sound it. Um, is that kind of were you into that kind of thing, Pernell? I know you usually you usually into like happy hardcore kind oh, of swing. I, I mean, don't get track. me wrong, I have my thing, but keep in mind the only reason why my beloved genre is known on the shows because I can't think of too much shoegaze in video games. <laughs> yeah, I need to find some just so we could have an episode where we try to scrounge up the shoegaziest of gaze tracks in games. But right. I like some the low key sounding stuff too. It just depends on you know if I can find it or not. And yeah. if it fits the theme. Well, that was cool. I That's was, a good idea. Trying to trying to find a genre. I've I've talked about finding like hip hop and classic video games. We can do like a shoegazy kind of like kind of like like a dream dream rock. Yeah, actually, that might be the way it works. But like close to dream, like more of the dream is because like yeah. distortion and gaze. It might be like maybe one game that has distortion and its soundtrack, and that's probably because. Distortion in a soundtrack probably would piss off way more people that play it than <laughs> those that would enjoy it. So it's right. a divisive, you know, type of music. Divisive. Real quick about this game, it's oh, yeah. uh, the yeah. the whole soundtrack is is by like I said by all these different bands, um, and the whole soundtrack is great. But the the game itself takes place in a desert, with a lot of rocks around, and it's a little cartoony, kind of like in a in a Borderlands kind of style. But you go around with a big with a laser gun, hmm. and you use the laser gun to shoot rocks, and you kind of like swipe across the rocks to cut, you know, to like cut them so that they, they fall down. You can make yourself platforms oh, cool. to get up to where you want to go, stuff like that. Huh. It's it's uh, like you use kind of like you know you, you have a big arena with a whole bunch of rocks and stuff. You have to use your own imagination to to find your way to where you need to go. I like it's pretty that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's giving the player control over how to, how to play the game. Exactly. I like, the, I yeah. like things like that. And it's also, I like the fact that it's kind of got that dirty style of gameplay mm. where it's not a hundred percent tight, which yeah. a lot of people would say, some people would call it a complaint, but no, not all the time. If it's an indie game and yeah. it's got that style to it, it means you get, float. sometimes you get those weird floaty jumps and you like <laughs> laughable physics every once in a while. It's, it's a genuinely fun title that asked that Matt actually introduced me to. So awesome! Well, what, it's fantastic. What's your bonus track? Well, in the recent release of Sonic Mania, I told myself I had to bring something Sonic oh, yeah. to this episode because why the heck not? And it just so happens that one of my favorite tracks in the Sonic series is also a desert track, <laughs> and I found a really swank remix to it. 
So I went with that bad boy. So this track is called Sand Trap, written, composed, and remixed by a guy going by the name of Key J. That is, open the door with the key, J Bird, and is <laughs> yeah. a remix to Sandopolis Act 2.
I listened to that ten times. <laughs> ten times. I'm not even exaggerating. Amazing. It was so good. Like I was trying to find the perfect track, but I knew it had to be related to Sandopolis in some way. And this just stood out. I couldn't. I could, there was no coming back from this. So, KJ killed it, and I'm glad you guys liked it too. I hope the listeners enjoy it because, quite frankly, if you don't, I'll be sad. That was awesome. I don't, I don't know a lot about Sonic, but I know that I liked what I heard there. That was amazing. It was great. Like that's one thing I can say about Sonic games in general. Like they can be a little divisive as far as like whether you like them or not, but their music is pretty much always on point. So Sonic definitely a lot like ska music. A little no. devi- can be divisive. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. Actually, I don't know too many people that dislike ska. Honestly, that, keep in mind, I, never go, I don't go around. I don't make a habit of going around saying, "Yo, so what do you think of this ska beat?" But <laughs> man on the street, do you like ska music? <laughs> no, no. Get out of my face! Get that microphone out of here! No, I'll mark no. you down for a no, then. Okay. All right. <laughs> no. I'm just going to spit on your shoe right there. There it is. I'll put my going... trombone away and mark you down for a no. All right. So. My track, it's pretty dry, um, and I wish I had finished this game before <laughs> I put it on the show, but I have not. This is from Journey, uh, the oh. game the game Journey. Uh, this is a remix by Tom Jackson, who goes by Lil Tommy J, um, which I'm just going to call him Tom Jackson. <laughs> the Double J episode. This track is called Summit, and the orig- of course, the original soundtrack is amazing by Alex Winery, just award-winning, fantastic, released on a, a multitude of different mediums. But this is his remix from the game Journey by Tom Jackson.
That was Summit, the Journey remix by Lil Tommy J, originally composed by Alex Wintery. But yeah, I, I wanted to go a little bit more chill. I knew that there'd be a lot of like heavy, hard hitting for uh, uh, <laughs> desert desert music, which of course I was not disappointed by. <laughs> I was honestly was very surprised. Like I, I don't think hard hitting when I think of desert, and yet you nailed. I don't know. Do you think it was heavy hitting, Matt? I thought I thought I thought both Overall, of your tracks were a little harder. Yeah, we we got some we got some action oriented music in there. Although <laughs> this last track definitely still had some uh, some hand percussion, at least some claps Get in there. So, yeah. well, for more information on the bonus round artists, check out rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to their Bandcamp, SoundClouds, and everywhere else you can support these amazing artists. Thank you for joining us on episode 9-10. This is the season ender of Rhythm and Pixels. And what a way to end it with more Sonic music. Sweat. <laughs> uh, Matt Waldron, thanks for coming on the show again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again. It's always, always, a, pleasure. always a pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure. You bring the chuckles and you bring the knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I try. Yeah, it's good to have people with a lot of energy and a lot of um, appreciation for the music to come on the show. And have, have a lot to say about it. Um, but yeah. anyway, I, before we um, before we finish off the show, um, yeah, Sonic Mania just came out. Yes. And um, uh, yesterday, which would be uh, Wednesday of last week, um, I, if you check our Facebook page, I do a live stream. Um, I try to do one every month of just live DJ mixes, and I played a ton of Sonic music. Oh, for real? Because I was super inspired to do a lot of Sonic music. So check that out. And the audio is now available on Patreon for the Patreon subscribers. So if I you caught sub- the end of it. It was it was great. Yeah. You as can- I was chopping uh, garlic, <laughs> making dinner. Yeah, yeah I guess it says garlic, like ice cap or whatever. <laughs> I got to fix the uh, the video. The video is a little choppy, but the uh, the audio is super, super clear. Um, yep. So, and the audio is also available on Patreon. If, if you want to go to uh, uh, Facebook, you can rewatch it there too. But if you want to download it as a full episode, go to patreon.com and, and subscribe to us there. Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. We want to thank our subscribers. The top of the list, Alex the Messenger. He's all right. We have Chris Murray, that guy. <laughs> he got more bang for his buck. That's for sure. Uh, Michael Police from Forever Sound Version. Oh, nice. Yeah, good buddy. And Brian Pitt. Brian Pitt. I love friends. Good, good people. Good buddies. Very appreciated across the board. So um, uh, every month we're going to have a live broadcasting of the show. Uh, live streamed uh, privately for all of our Patreon members. If you want to check that out, uh, subscribe to Patreon. We're actually going to be doing our next one next week. So that's Unless, unless, uh, there's a maybe. There's a maybe. If Purnell's not in town, I need to talk to him about that. Uh, I'm aiming for Thursday. Aiming for Thursday. Aiming. Holding. Um, so, yeah, we're going to try that. But, yeah, uh, we're doing a lot of stuff there. And we have uh, T-shirts and hoodies online with our faces on them. You want to wear us, put us on your body, well, and walk around in public. Or blip blorps. It's all you need, man. That is true. I am trying to shed this flesh suit. 
and dive <laughs> and wear a, uh, a fully digital um, pixelated uh, version of myself, an avatar, if you will. See, this is what all that virtual reality talk has done to you. Now you're just trying to become a pixel person. I, I'm tired of wearing this just this this skin. The skin, this this meat. <laughs> it's this, disgusting. It smells smooth. Hear you, man. This smooth flesh. For why not? Saying. Why can't it just be blocks upon blocks on top of each other? Yeah. <laughs> Layering I'm gonna, over. I'm gonna go ahead and read Neuromancer for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mercy. But yeah, uh, so um, if you want to get in contact with us, just, uh, send us an email. At rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. If you want to see a full track listing for our show, and if you want more information about our show and where we're going to be next, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Uh, check us out on social media, uh, mainly on Facebook. There's a lot of the conversations happening there. Uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, to search for us, and, and we'll come up in your search engine of choice. Don't use Bing. What, what you got against Bing? I've had some problems with Bing. Is it filthy? Um, I heard Chris Murray. Chris Murray recommended Bing, and I was looking for recipes, uh, spaghetti recipes. On and, Bing? Yeah, and all I could find, all that came up was just detailed graphic information about gophers. Their, their, their sleeping habits, what they eat. What they taste like in spaghetti. I don't I don't care about gophers. I was looking for spaghetti recipes. Hey. This is on you, Chris Murray. It's up to you. If you, <laughs> if you feel like you really want to put it in spaghetti, that's on you, buddy. But me, I love gophers. They're awesome. They're friendly critters. Even their greasy, grimy gopher guts. <laughs> that's right. Knife will go in, a guts will come out. Anyway, that's a, <laughs> I had to get one Simpsons reference in the show, and I pulled oh, it Oh, just one? Just one. Just one. Just one. Well, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to all of our subscribers. And thank you, Matt. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and this has been the Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thank you for listening. And have a wonderful week. And remember, <laughs> somehow, some way, I had to get this in there. Because that's what I do. Okay. Um, so basically, life is a rough shot of sorts. Life is sometimes dry, involving the day-to-day grind of just wondering when is that next, that next, that next awesome event that will quench my thirst for, I don't know, change. Where is it? When will it arrive? It's the figurative oasis, I'll say. So sometimes people just kind of give up on it and they just kind of die of thirst and they become kind of zombified in the day-to-day grind. But reality is, you want to keep searching for the Oasis because that cool, fresh rush has what you ha- has what you need to get you on your feet hmm. and moving towards a pleasant beat. Yes. I love the fact that I tried so hard to fit this to the theme of the episode, and it was just, it's just <laughs> rough. It was rough. I thought you were going to say, I tried so hard not to make a rhyme, but I did. All time. <laughs> nah, but truth be told, just keep searching for that shining high, that happy-go-lucky thing that gives you that press, that desire to move forward with your day-to-day because it's out there. If you don't have it, find it. If you have it, share it. Pass that buck. Share the water. And on that note, I'm going to stop rambling before Rob stabs me with a Q-tip. So I'll remember it for now. I'll remember. Thanks, Matt. You're my shining star. Yes. Yes.